everybody. We are back. It is Thursday, Kurt, and you know what that means, right? Uh, Thursday thoughts. Yes, and and let's just go ahead and tell everybody you actually did get your microphone hooked up, so it should sound different from Tuesday. He he plugged it in, but then Skype wasn't reading it, and so he had to go through settings. So Thursday, Kurt sounds like I don't know, Mister Professional Radio Voice, Kurt, mm. um, compared to Tuesday. Mm. Is that okay? Is that Barry White? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt, here's my question for you and I'm not trying to stir the pot with any of our listeners Kurt what was your reaction to this year's egg bowl um, I knew tone, it, tone it down don't you know don't do a lot of trash talking I'm just sincerely wondering you know nervous towards an, the end the as penalty. an outside yes yes um well okay I'll try to do this as quickly as I can I hate the egg bowl uh uh I know ne- I never go to it. I went to it in 2009 or seven, 2007. That's the last one I've ever been to. And I never want to go again because my, I I look at the egg bowl like this. If Mississippi state beats Ole Miss. Great. I feel like we should beat them every time we play them. So if we lose to them, it's like, come on, really? So it's no fun. It's only, it's, it's just a relief when we win. It's not fun when we win. It's not a big deal. It's like, so I don't, I was watching the egg bowl with my dad and my wife. My mom had already gone to bed. We watched the end. If you didn't see it, it was all over the news because an Ole Miss player, uh, celebrated, um, which is something that Ole Miss had done before, but they celebrated, uh, by imitating a dog urinating in the end zone when they scored with that, just seconds left in the game to allegedly tie it up. And then because the penalty was on the point after he missed the, the kicker missed the kick. So basically this guy's celebration cost them the game and, uh, and Ole Miss lost the game. My dad ran out of his house with his cowbell and ring <laughs> and was ringing it. Just kind of funny. Um, I have a video of that, which I'll send to you later, John, if you'd like to see it, it's kind of funny, but Absolutely, I, I want to see that. I sent it to some of my students. They thought it was pretty good. My dad is in his seventies, so I'm not. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I sent a message to Kurt because I could hear something that sounded like him drumming the desk, and I just asked him. So, and he responded. Right. <laughs> anyway, my reaction is, it's always better to win than to lose, but they. We're not a very good team this year, and we were just a slightly better team, which means we weren't super good either, and so we won. And that's all really the reaction that I have. So I, I, I maybe you hoped for more. Um, well, no, I, I guess some of it is I honestly had not realized how big of a deal the, the penalty had become. I mean, it made national news um, mm-hmm. of, of you know people even saying that they weren't going to, to give – to the university anymore because they wanted their, you know, money to be directed more academically and not towards the athletics and just kind of stating. Does Ole Miss have academics too? Oh, come on, Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) Kurt. Oh, come Uh, on. I had to get a cheap shot in there. I had to get one. I had to get one. We've got to get, we've got to get students that go to Ole Miss. I've, we sent 
And we, you've got we've friends. Never seen, you've got friends. I've never sent a student from Montgomery to Mississippi State, but I've sent um, several to Ole Miss. So, um, and Ole Miss is, a, I could have gone to Ole Miss. Mississippi State gave me more money when I was in high school. So that's where I went. Hmm. Um, well, and, and uh, for those out there who went to Ole Miss, just reach out, uh, email something. We'll have you on uh, just so you can kind of get the upper hand on Kurt. Um, his, okay. His, he's shaking I love his that. <laughs> That's what our viewers really want. We're really going to expand our foothold by talking about Mississippi College Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's my Thursday's thought, John. Yes. Okay. Christmas is coming up, and there's always a hot item that people are – wanting to get for Christmas or like there's a, there's an item that a lot of people are buying. Um, I remember one year, uh, you had to get your kid tickle me Elmo or you didn't love them. I don't remember when that was, but, uh, I was not a parent at that point and I was too young, you know, I mean too old to receive a tickle me Elmo. So it wasn't me. It wasn't me, but there's always something like that, right? What is of all the gifts that you received as a child at Christmas? Tell me one that, uh, when you got it, you were just like, you thought to yourself, I am complete now. This is, you know, <laughs> which is what we tend to do with our gifts is idolize them. But yeah. anyway, give, give it to me. You're saying a gift I received when I was a child, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, Man, I, I guess a few things are coming to mind, uh, you know, early on. Definitely getting uh, like some GI Joe bases, you know, yes. like yes. Uh, I can remember there was one with like a spaceship that was kind of the, yes. the docking bay that was massive, mm. and it was it was awesome because see I would get presents from Santa and then presents from my parents and typically the ones from Santa were unwrapped and just there so when you walk downstairs it's like wow you just saw it immediately already set up yeah and so i just ran to those and yeah it was it was fun i mean i can remember in uh, a little train you know uh electric electric train is that what it is i guess so yeah model train uh, that was really cool because that was moving around i think as i went down there um but then way to go mr and mrs parrot (laughs) my, my junior when i was in junior high i got my first uh, CD player, oh, um, which was really exciting. Clutch, like um, a portable, like yeah, it was kind of a boombox. I mean, you could you know nice. carry it around, and and a leather jacket. Uh, so, Ooh. Uh, and I got that. It's so funny because we're we're the same age. I received all, like not all of these gifts, but definitely remember getting the CD player, and definitely remember getting the leather jacket. Yeah, um, brown or brown or black. Brown, brown, brown. Oh yeah, <laughs> and there's actually there was a a VHS. <laughs> I'll, I'll share this a VHS video of me. Uh, I had gotten the leather jacket and I had gotten you know this CD player at my grandmother's house, <laughs> and I did not get a CD. And so uh, I'm I'm, really? I'm rocking I'm rocking to uh, my grandmother's Barry Manilow CD. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, he's singing uh, Manny, isn't that Manny? Isn't this Mandy? Mandy, is that it? Okay, yeah, Mandy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so anyway, that's out there somewhere. And I do think I'd gotten a, a, a Wait, su- Super Scope Six. Brandy. No, no Mandy. Brandy is by somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm forgetting who sang Brandy, but yeah. So rocking a Barry Manilow leather jacket on Super Scope Six playing on the Super Nintendo. Um, yeah, good times cool kid. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Kurt? 
Okay. Well, uh, younger, uh, a couple of things. Uh, Optimus Prime. Oh, man. For mm. sure. Like original Transformer. And part of that, that was, I always remember that. I was really excited to get him. But I was also really excited when I could transform him all by myself. Like when I can move him from truck to robot or whatever. Big time. Because at the beginning, you know, you got to figure out. My dad would always be like, don't force it. Don't break it now. Um, um, but uh, <laughs> that was a big deal. And then were you ever into He-Man? Do you remember He-Man? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was somewhat into He-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, there's a great Netflix show about there's it's called The Toys That Made Us. And the one on He-Man is really amazing. Um, it's, it's a, it's a great, even if you don't, if you weren't into He-Man, it's fascinating. See, uh, because it, yeah, I jumped in. I, I haven't heard of that show, but I've heard of the movies that made us on Netflix. So I'm, I'm guessing this is, you know, same. Series. Yeah. This, this precedes that this was before the movies that made us, but I think they're doing a lot of those now, but the, the toys that made us the He-Man episode really, uh, really cool. Lot, there's a bunch of like corporate, IP history in that one because of how they why how and why they created He Man, but uh, Castle Grayskull, which is He Man's like hangout, and then uh, Skeletor Mountain or whatever. I got those in separate years. One year I got one of them, and one year I got the other one. And I those are the ones that were set up like ready to play, like with the drawbridge and all that. And I was like, I was pumped. Isn't there pumped. A, isn't there a trap door in there? Uh, there's always a trap. Oh door. man, um, I just remember thinking that was so cool. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, those are probably, uh, biggest ones. Cool I, kid. We probably cool need kid. to move on. Yeah. We probably need to move on. But one thing I'd like to do in the future is I know I don't have as many of these stories cause I haven't been a dad as long. Um, and maybe you have a couple of these, but, uh, I've heard some really good, uh, stories from parents of setting, you know, setting stuff up ready to play is not always easy the night before. Christmas. Uh, and <laughs> I've heard some really funny, um, some really funny stories. So maybe that's for another time that we talk about, uh, the fails or the, tra the tragedies that happen at 11 or midnight or 1am. Uh, yeah. my, my, gra my grandmother's family would set up the Christmas tree after the kids went to bed. Oh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Terrible idea. Uh, <sighs> bring it in, set it up, ornaments and all the toys, all that. Yeah. Miserable. This this is this will get us back on our topic, but I, I would say at least forty percent of the time. No, I'd say at least at least thirty percent of the time. So a third of the time that I can pretty much bank on Marty and I getting into an argument while we put up the tree. Like I <laughs> like I would say one one out of three. This year was not that year. This year we did it and it was great and easy. But in the past there have been some times that we're putting up the tree. Woo. <sighs> Not the best. No, no video footage of that, I guess. No, we don't video arguing <laughs> with you. <laughs> Although might be entertaining. Yeah, I'm um, sure it would be, which yeah. I, we're about to go to a break. I do have to know do, real tree or fake tree, Kurt. Oh, fake tree for us. Always. Okay. We, right. we bought one and we've had, we had one for about the first, the same one for the first, several years of our marriage and we just got a newer one maybe two or three years ago probably about two years ago this is probably our third christmas with it but they last a pretty long time hmm. yeah. yeah what about y'all real tree real tree yep mm. yeah. wow impressive <laughs> we love the environment so we're not trying to, 
cut down trees <laughs> to provide vital oxygen for us. Uh, we don't care. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know, hasten the day Jesus comes back. So just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like how I'm spinning by a completely artificial tree. No telling how many pollutants were put into the environment by making it. Um, but I'm trying to say it's that ecological choice. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go to a break. All right, Kurt. Um, yeah, good uh, good discussion there, talking about some strife of, over the holidays, uh, specifically setting up the tree, and that is a good segue. Um, I know expectations are a big deal. You already brought that up, and, and I think it is sincerely helpful for us as we think about the holidays. We think about this institution of the family that God has created, Satan wanting to undermine that, and just the natural tension that's going to be there because of life in a, in a sinful world. So I think not to go into the holidays with just negative, pessimistic expectations, but expectations of, okay, look, there's going to be strife. There's going to be difficulty. You know, Satan is against this uh, and our own sinful flesh. And so just going in with a realistic expectations, I mean, obviously praying, maybe even depending on how close you are with your family, just kind of having candid conversation about that um, to try to be prepared and for everyone to, to strive, you know, by the spirit to create peace in the home. Um, but, but something you, you brought up, Kurt, that I think is, is helpful is, you know, the road games, I think is the, the terminology you put it in. If you're traveling to the holiday to, you know, the relatives home um, and just the stress that, that can create, and that's something I think we'll talk about a little bit more. But but let, let's talk about hosting the holidays. And mm, just the speci- that's what we do. Okay, so yeah, talk talk to us a little bit about that, and just you know the the maybe some of the unique struggles you guys deal with with that, but then also just general struggles that most people are going to deal with as they host for the holidays. Well, you, I mean, look, I th- I'm trying to remember what. Christmas song has mom and dad are waiting for school. Oh, it's, it's in, uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, and one, one thing about the holidays is that it throws you off of the pattern of life that you're, you're used to. Right. And it, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy it when school is in and when we're just, I enjoy the, the pattern of life and you know, the, the seven days of in a week, you know, five days of school, a Saturday to kind of collect yourself, a Sunday, a Sabbath um, to, uh, you know, to worship. And, you know, that's obviously a work day for me. But, you know, um, I enjoy that pattern. And I think a lot of people do. And I think one of the things that causes stress and difficulty is that that pattern is completely thrown off. And if you're hosting Christmas, it definitely is going to throw it off because not only are your kids out of school, um, and so you're trying to keep up with them, um, find someone to keep them if you've got to work, which a lot of people do, um, you know, or or making sure that they're, you know, taken care of, even if they're older. And then, um, and then also you're going to have relatives come in to stay. You know, your house is going to be full. Uh, it's not going to be as nothing is as easy, right? You know, you're going to have feel that pressure to have your house clean when they get there, a uh, cleaner than it, any, it is at any other time in normal life. Um, most people's houses are not clean. Uh, don't let them fool you. And, uh, you know, and if, to they, have it, if they are, there's probably something wrong with them, right? 
Huh? I said, if their house is just spotless, there's probably something wrong with them, right? I mean, I just would I'm, I'm argue just, that they I'm don't just... have children. Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. OCD, I mean, maybe we, we could get off even on if, a tangent. Yeah. I mean, I just, if they need their house dirty, I'll let my children <laughs> run through it for about 15 minutes. We'll take care of that. But, uh, you know, uh, so there's this, there's extra pressure that you put on yourself when you're hosting, you know, you can, if you're not careful, uh, kind of feel like responsible to make sure that everyone is enjoying Christmas, which that's too much of a burden for you to bear. Um, you can't, you can't control people's feelings. Uh, all you can do is be a good host. Uh, and then, you know, some people are going to stay longer than you want them to stay. Right. You know, they're going to, come a couple days before Christmas and maybe because they have the time off or whatever, they're going to hang out, you know, for however long. And, uh, you know, that's another thing that can happen is that, uh, you might be playing host longer than you'd, uh, you know, than you thought. So, you know, there's all kinds of stress. Um, uh, there's all kinds of scheduling things. There's, it just, it takes you out. Right. And that's a tough thing. Yeah. You're bringing up a lot of good things and I want to get back to, to something you said earlier, but serious question here. Is mm-hmm. there a way to engage those relatives that overstay their welcome or just stay too long? And, and you're trying to, and I know this is unique to every individual family, all of that stuff, but trying to, to have an open, sincere, straightforward, Hey, look, I think it's best if, you know, it's this length of time. Any, any thoughts well, on that? Seriously? Well, I would just say that if you are traveling, if you're going to someone's house, right, to for holidays, you know, and this is something that um, is easy to not do in the holidays because we overeat and it's easy to just kind of sit around. But I would say to make yourself uh, useful wherever you're staying, um, to try to help in whatever way you can, that, uh, you know, I never get upset when our house guests uh, help out. You know what I mean? That's, you know, <laughs> that you you can stay a long time at our house if you're, uh, you know, if, if you're doing stuff right. Um, the hard part is if you're the kind of guest, if that's not really your MO or if that's not, you know, uh, you know, your style, then yeah, I think you ought to be careful about how long you stay at someone's house. <laughs> um, because you're, uh, maybe you're more of a burden than a blessing at that point, but I, I don't know how you engage in that. Um, you know, they're your family and you don't want to offend them. Um, and you don't want to, uh, hurt that relationship. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, you know, we, we haven't ha- really had that issue. Like in our family, we haven't had someone that's just like camped out for, um, way too long, <laughs> but, I, but, uh, you know, that can happen, I Uncle, guess. Uncle so, Bobby just lounging on the couch for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, uh, you know, so I don't have any siblings, right? So that's not really an issue for me. But I know you're going to say something here. And we're going to talk about siblings. But my wife does have siblings. And some of them come and stay with us. I, I, we were talking about putting things together. So Marty's brother came and stayed with us uh, over the holidays. And uh, last year... Uh, he helped my dad and I, my, he, my dad and myself, we put together a basketball goal for the boys. And I don't know if that basketball goal would have gotten put together in any kind of fashion. Um, 
had it not been for those two. So you talk about like really pulling your weight or like being, I was very thankful for them at that point. Um, and they made it fun to put it together too, because we were all like, just, you know, trash talking each other um, the entire time. <laughs> so anytime anyone made a mistake, Did, so, <laughs> nice. uh, the other two would gang up on him. So that was good. It was a and, good time. Any, so. um, do they listen to this podcast? Who? The, the siblings, Marty's siblings. Oh, Ryan and Brittany and Leslie, I doubt it. So, um, the, uh, none of them are parents. So, uh, <laughs> none of them are parents yet. So, but they could listen can, to can it. Can never start too early, Kurt, to prepare. Yeah, I don't know. And Marty's sister, Leslie, comes and stays with us every year um, for some degree of time. And she lives in New York City. So, hmm. um, and so I imagine she really enjoys, uh, or maybe she doesn't. I don't know. I, I could never live in New York City, but I imagine she would enjoy the life slowing down a little bit. Um, I know she enjoys, since we're the only sibling since Marty's the only sibling with children, it kind of centers around our family because everyone wants to see the boys, um, mm -hmm. to give them gifts and to play with them and to see, you know, that's kind of the fun, yeah. one of the really fun aspects of Christmas. So that's just kind of the natural thing that's happened in our family. What about y'all? Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say you brought up a really good point, uh, with pattern. Uh, you, you know, we, we think of our, our, our God is a God of order. Again, going back to Genesis 1 and 2, I mean, there was chaos, you know, and him bringing order uh, to creation. And, uh, you know, schedule, all of that stuff is important. And how the holidays do interrupt that, that it, you know, gets off of just the typical work week. It gets off of, you know, the typical bedtime schedule as we're talking about kids. And, and uh, so, talk about that. that's, <laughs> that's the war. That's one of the toughest parts. And, and so, yeah, our complete, just the schedule that is established in our own lives, but then also in our children is completely interrupted. And so, yeah, that's going to create a lot of, of tension. And so maybe talk about that a little bit, Kurt, any, any thoughts on, uh, yeah. Okay. It goes back to expectations, just knowing, okay, our schedule is going to be different uh, for us and for our children, but any, any thoughts on, you know, actually, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who said they were going uh, home for Thanksgiving, and uh, one of the grandparents had said, here's our schedule for um, Thanksgiving Day, and, and had some games, some activities, some things thought out, and it wasn't, you know, every 30 minutes moving on to a new activity. It was very loose, but him talking about how refreshing that was, and it actually, because there are a lot of grandchildren around, kind of brought a lot of peace and harmony uh, to the family. And so just maybe react to that and thoughts on kind of having somewhat of a schedule and pattern to, to assist with the lack of pattern. No, I love that. Actually, I've never experienced that, but that sounds like a, uh, it sounds like a type a grandma that really thought some things through and, uh, and I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. I think, uh, you know, it's, not everyone can do this, you know, not everyone's families are the same and they're not composed the same way. So, you know, you can only talk about your own experience and not, and I'm not trying to project that on other people, but I think, you know, uh, it's, it's easy. I think sometimes, you know, parents of children, you know, if they're younger children and I say younger, I mean like elementary and younger age, you know, they're just, I think one of the joys that they have of the holidays would be like, go play with your uncle. Go play with your, um, I'm, I'm, I'm good right now. Um, <laughs> you know, I see you all the time and, or go, you know, go with your granddad or go with your grandma. You know what I mean? And, and let your aunt, you know, teach you how to do whatever. I don't know. But 
there is kind of like a laziness or like a there's an attitude that you can have that I don't think is really productive. Um, and I think one thing that happens over the holidays that's really challenging is that because there's always something to do during that pattern time, you know, like my time with my children is pretty structured. The other day I came home and I was a little late getting home cause we had an extra meeting. I got home, I ate dinner with my family then my oldest son and I went and we started homework, right? And so we did his spelling homework. He had a math sheet he did, and then I checked it for him, and we talked about what he missed and what he got right and how to, you know. And then he has a memory verse he has to do for his school, so we worked on that, you know. And we did all that, and then I told him to go get in the shower, and he went and got in the shower and got, you know, and then it was like bedtime. And it was just like, there because now when we're out of school, you know, I have a lot more time. My wife has a lot more time with the children and there's not that structure. And that can be really, um, that can be really tough. So any kind of structure that can be applied, I think is going to be beneficial because there's so much unstructured time during the holidays. And if you're not careful, um, you know, then your teenager is just going to be sitting looking at their phone for, you know, 70% of the holidays or you're, you know, you're going to, you don't want to be the kind of person to just hand hand the iPad to the, you know, nine year old and just be like, leave me alone while I do this laundry or while I bake this, you know, casserole or whatever it is. So, you know, any kind of structure that can be applied, I think, is good structure. Yeah. You, know, you don't yeah. want to you don't want to be like a super regimented, you know, so that it's a burden to people. But um, normally, I think the holidays are so unstructured that you run into a lot of that. Yeah. So. No, I think you're right, Kurt, and I think. You know, sometimes when we say the word structure or boundaries or schedule, we just kind of have a negative reaction to that or we just, you know, have some <clears throat> critical thoughts about that. But, yeah, like you said, you can take that to an extreme to where every, you know, second is, is scheduled. But to have some kind of structure is definitely good. And, and it breaks up just kind of the, uh, you know, six, seven-hour chunk of, okay, what are we going to do this afternoon? And, and mm. yeah, I think that can bring a lot of uh, a lot of peace um, mm-hmm. Kurt, I know one, one of the thing, and we'll start wrapping this up that just kind of adds to the fatigue is typically staying up later over the holidays that, you know, you're sometimes it's, it's, it's a good thing. You're, you're having a good conversation with your own parents and siblings, or you're wanting to watch a movie, uh, that you're, you know, all together as, as a family. And you kind of have that thought of, okay, we're, we're starting this now, but that's going to be, you know, midnight or later when we're getting to bed. And then, the kids are still going to get up at 6 a.m. And so you've just got all of that <sighs> kind of fatigue added to it. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's not necessarily, it's just kind of the, the thought of pacing yourself over the holidays. That so, so often we want to kind of cram as much time as we can because, you know, there are some families that this is the only time of year they see each other. Um, and, you know, I mean, just more soberingly, we, we never know if this is going to be the last holiday where we're with these people. And so trying to kind of squeeze as much as we can out of it uh, can be another thing that adds fatigue. Yeah, I, I will say I got two things. Um, I know we're getting close to wrapping it up, but I'd say that one, one thing is uh, this happened the other night is that we got the kids to bed and um, Marty um, said, hey, I'm. I'm going to bed. It was kind of early. It was like eight thirty, or you know. Um, and she goes, "I don't feel that great. I'm I'm just going to go to bed." And I actually said to her, "I was like, I'm just going to sit on the couch, um, 
And uh, I'm just going to sit on the couch because I love to sit on the couch at night during Christmas with no lights on except for the Christmas tree lights. Mm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I can be why maybe I watch something on my phone, watch like a show or on the television or, um, you know, do whatever. But, uh, just to be, I love that. And yeah. if you don't watch out that time can kind of like get later and later and, you know, but I was gonna say, uh, one, one thing that can be kind of stressful about the, about Christmas time and about the holidays is that these are also markers. Um, and you know, just like it's a baby's first Christmas, right? It can be the first Christmas without someone too. And that's another thing, you know, if you lose someone in your family, if you've lost someone in your family between last Christmas and this one, this will be the first time that you're not, you know, with your grandmother, your grandfather, you know, or your mom or your dad or whoever it is. And that's a real, that can be a really, that's a really emotional, really tough time as well mm-hmm. is that, um, that, that's hard. That's mm-hmm. really hard. And that's another thing to take into account when we talk about the holidays and about the stress that comes is that, um, you know, when you lose someone, the holidays become, uh, they become, they're still uh, an enjoyable experience, but there is a tinge of grief that comes with that. Our, our church does a service called winter grace every year to start the Advent season on Sunday night. And some people think that it's just like, this is the sad Christmas service, but there's a lot of good, um, writing, um, on the fact that, in order to really celebrate Christmas, the first thing that you have to do is um, recognize that there's real sadness going on. And that's why we had to have, why Jesus had to come in the first place. So um, just thinking about, just thinking about, you know, the, the people that we lose and the hard things that um, at the end of the year signifies or brings back up is another thing to keep in mind. Last thing is that, if we want to make the best out of the holidays, I read this online, okay, from multiple people. So I'm not going to give credit to any of them, but this is, is that if you really want to get the most out of your holidays, every day, write down something that you're thankful for, starting at Thanksgiving. Just write down, and you can be really basic things, but just, um, write down, it can be air conditioning or heating, right? Central heat and air. It could be, um, you know, whatever it is, write down one thing, a a different thing and write and say, I'm thankful for this thing. And what you're doing is you're cultivating like an attitude of thankfulness. Let me think of something that I'm really thankful for today. Write it down in the morning and toward Christmas, you'll have, you know, if you start Thanksgiving, but even if you started, you know, the first of December, you have 25, things that you you can look through your list and, and say that you're thankful for and thank God for. And, um, that has a real power. You know, the most, uh, the most powerful way to remember something is to say it and then to write it down. Right. If you do those two things, you will probably remember it. And if we want to, rem- if we want to be thankful for, uh, things during this holiday time and we want to l- lean into thankfulness and, uh, and, lean away from, uh, irritation, uh, a lack of patience, anger, frustration. Uh, one of the ways we can do that and keep those things to the forefront of our mind is to say it and then to write it down. So just a thought. No, that's some good advice, Kurt. And you know what? I think it is appropriate uh, even to, to end as we're talking about, you know, the sobering reality that the holidays do bring about a lot of sadness for us because of loved ones that are lost. Uh, because I mean, as you said, 
Christ was born to die. Uh, that's why he mm. came to this earth uh, to, to take his children home. And, you know, as we talk about family, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, uh, you know, the holidays should, should point us to that future restoration. That Yes, there is even the best holiday. Everyone gets along. Everyone's sharing the same political mindset, whatever. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 everyone's wearing the red hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Or everyone's wearing the... Uh, <laughs> What is, what, what is fill, the fill, fill the burn. I don't know. Some kind of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, so, so even, even that best holiday, whatever it is, you're perfect. Um, Everyone's burning the red hat. <laughs> so, uh, it's still, it's, it's going to be imperfect and it's going to leave you feeling, uh, yeah, okay, that was good, but it's still not completely satisfying. And that's because there's, you know, another day coming where future restoration is going to be, fully realized because Jesus Christ has returned and fully consummated his kingdom. And so uh, just to have the holidays as good or as bad as they are, point us to that future day uh, that we have and that we should be longing for as his children. So anyway, Kurt, hopefully this was helpful to some people, hopefully some good thoughts, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yes. Merry Christmas, John. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Kurt. Merry Christmas, Kurt.